Good morning. This is Dr. Matthew Dunn, host of the Future of Email Marketing. And my guest, a man I've been hunting down for a few months now, Keith Kosmanoff, Postmaster General, Senior Email Postmaster, something like that, of Inner Seven Technologies. <laughs> hey, Keith, welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much, Matthew. Thank you. Thank you very much. Radio announcer voice. Yes, yes. And you can do your cruise director voice uh, later. I'm sure there's still some muscle memory for that. Uh, Fill people in on the elevator version of Inner 7 and then the elevator version of your expertise. I have a face for radio, don't I? <laughs> um, <laughs> Inner 7 uh, years ago built this authentication piece in the MTA world mm -hmm. uh, to allow virtual users and virtual domains on the same machine. Okay. So and at the time of, you know, Let's date ourselves. Ready? Remember when Intel came out with the MMX processor? I do. That was the math, the extra math coprocessor days, right? Yes, yes, yes. Four gigabyte hard drives were, you know, five hundred dollars. Or science fiction. I mean, I remember paying for a for a ten meg hyperdrive in my little Fat Mac. How about this? How about this? Your mailbox, your mail gear had a quota size of, are you ready? Yeah. 50 megs. 50 megs. Huge, huge. See, by five minutes in, and we're already, we're already on gray hair tech uh, arcana that like most people go, who, oh, what? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, really? Now, um, so at the time, uh, to have one machine at virtual domains was, uh, yeah. it was all over. Most MTAs did it. Send, send mail. Yeah. I was out there. People are looking for other, uh, mail platforms. Dan, DJB, Dan Bernstein, he's a mathematician in, uh, University of Chicago. Mm -hmm. His claim to fame is encryption. Uh, he built this, uh, MTA called QMail. And I believe at the time he had a bug bounty. Right, five hundred dollars. You can't bust me. The kind of ironic thing is, he's was. I think I don't think he ever beat it out. I think one person possibly, but for you and I to actually use it, like we have to put tires on it, we have to put oil in it. It's got to have a gear shifter and steering wheel, right? So, you know, part of his his uh, MTA was, you know, in the real real world, real usable functionality is kind of. It's good. It's kind of unusable, right? Right, right, right. And this licensing he had, um, you couldn't put it in distribution, right? So it couldn't cop with Red Hat. It couldn't cop with wow, okay. distribution because it was, it wasn't in the GPL library. Right? Okay. Yeah. Um, or at least you, I couldn't put my package on it and package it up as uh, you know, a Yum or AppGet or anything like that. Right. Could, couldn't be in the repo. Just the stock binaries could be the repo, which were mm, kind of unusable for you and I. Right, no, no, no. Uh, no so you have a patch, yeah. So we bought, we, uh, KBO Ken wrote this authentication part for virtual users. So at the 50 meg size builders, if you had a, uh, domain you were hosting on a uh, domain hosting place. Um, you couldn't have sales 
mydomain.com and sales at somebody else's domain.com. I haven't right, right. ever encountered that, but like, I mean, I can't have sales ad. What do you mean? Yeah, somebody else got it. For somebody else got it. A completely different company, but apparently only one salesperson in the universe. Right. <laughs> so, uh, wow. Yeah, a, a gentleman by the name of Bob who owned this new company out of his garage called GoDaddy. Was the first customer back then for a whopping fifty dollars. Wow. We installed the mail server for him. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think from that for a long time. That we people have inundated us with these ideas of grandeur, like they're gonna be something. And I would say ninety-nine out of a hundred, they're just pipe dreams that never accumulate to anything. But every once in a while, these things actually. Yeah. 10 years to an overnight success. So, so Qmail is still sort of front and center what you're working with? Qmail clustering. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, high volume, uh, load balancing, high availability, uh, mostly for mailbox providers out there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Yahoo at one time was using it. I'm not sure what they're using right now. Uh, Zimbra was yep. um, using it with uh, Comcast. Zimbra in the back end. I think a, a lot of people still use it. There's a reason why um, you would use it as probably for the high security value mm -hmm. of it. The one thing, there's not a lot of people who know about it or, or know how to use it. Yeah, there you go. There you <laughs> Just go. for that back to long. Yeah. Right. So, so you're, you're kind of, you're talking yourself into that category corner of the, uh, similar to the COBOL guys, you know, and everyone's looking around going, wait a minute, nobody knows how this works. They're all gone, play golf, doing something else. And my company still depends on it. Oops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I think in the open source world, mm -hmm. right, when I'm looking for a solution, I'm, I'm looking at a bunch of things. One, I want to see it's, you know, popular is the, is the product, right? Yeah. 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 So let's take WordPress, for example. Way pop. Yeah. Full yeah. of add-ons for this, for this. Million. It's probably, I would argue it's probably the most or it's the de facto uh, first website that you, you're putting up there. Yeah. yeah. But there's a problem with that because it's so popular. What, what else? It needs to be patched up every day, every, every week. hot and pig day. Yeah. Oh, day. That could be a problem. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So same in the, same in the case of mail. In the email side. Hey, email side. Yeah. I'd say that 22 years, um, it's been very select companies who have uh, looked at the QML solution, like the IRS, the feds, mm -hmm. the, uh, eFell project, uh, CSC won the bid. I don't know. What was that back in 2000 and wow. or whatever they got over budgeted course. The feds took it back and they were looking for a mail server secure, the highest security mail server to right. throw over the wall. I mean, things, things that the, the feds, you literally have to throw it over the wall. <laughs> and, uh, they, they contacted Dan JB 
And he said, why are you, why are you contacting me? I'm suing the federal government for encryption <laughs> laws that you guys have. Encryption should be free for everyone, right? right. Not just Americans. So, well, who, who would you decide if we had to go this route? They said, oh, we'd ask. Call up these guys. So, thanks, Dan. My hat's off to you. Appreciate you for shouting us out. <laughs> yes. What is the status of that encryption battle? And I'm smart, smart guy, very smart guy. So Bank of America is another company that we did work with. Wow. It was for their high end execs. Yeah. yeah. It's not the corporate side. Yeah. Yeah. Probably so you want to hide from <laughs> other people's eyes. If you know what I mean, right. not to mention any, there's some people who try to do that, not to mention any names, Hillary Clinton. That do try to do that to hide their mail, but it gets found anyway. <laughs> I can mention any name. I hey, listen, Matthew. Okay, do you use Gmail? I do. Yes. Okay. There's not less than three operating companies that do not belong to Alphabet okay. that read that email. There you go. I I. They must hate me. It's like, gosh, this guy gets a lot of crap. <laughs> like, what's up? If you're trying to keep some um, communication inside private, yeah, using any of these these mass right companies, and, right. and for no fault of theirs, right? That's their business model. Their business model, right? Oh, Farm, yeah. Something that we don't want to build. Yeah, and 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 I mean if. Like you don't go say, where do they make their money? Advertising. Okay. Check. Right. Like it, it, it it's not super tough to conclude the alignment of motives is like right angles. So go into it with open eyes. If you're going to use it. Yeah. Not, not, not all of them more than one addresses I use are sitting on that particular platform. Yeah. Yeah. And we're, I mean, you touched on it. So let's, let's kick it around a little bit. We're. We're, we're definitely entering a different stage in terms of the broad cultural understanding of and attitudes towards uh, privacy, security, control of digital assets and things like that. Yes? 100%. Yeah. It's, uh, it's funny it's taken so long. Yeah. yeah. Right? Who would have thought that? Yeah, I suppose. I mean, I'm, I, partially it's complexity, right? Partially it's, uh, you know, s some of the, the issues that you touched on even in a couple of minutes there, very technical, right? Esoteric to even people who work in the field. I mean, I, I've had email marketers look kind of blankly at me when I say MTA. Why? It's like they don't put their hands on that piece of it, right? It just happens somewhere out there. Um, and you start diving down to a whole bunch more layers, like arguments about encryption and guy in the streets going, ah, I can't even remember my passwords, man. Can you make it easier? <laughs> right. Can you make it easier? Okay. Fine by me. Well, you're giving something away if you make it too easy. Yeah. Yeah. I know, but I don't have time to deal with that. Okay. Hmm. And a different, we'll trade off convenience. We Americans will trade off convenience for privacy. At least we have for a good 20 plus years. Right. And so some onus on that is on me asking you for your password, right? Mm -hmm. So Matthew, if you're signing up for Google and I'm, I'm Alphabet, 
And I'm asking you to type in your password, right? Well, I'm going to be maybe expiring that password in 90 days. When I expire that password in 90 days, every time I ask you for a new password, Matthew, uh, I'm going to take away one letter and one number that you cannot use. <laughs> okay. And I'm going to force you eventually to pick a new password. Right. 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 I'm not going to let you pick your old one again. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to take away certain letters and numbers that you have to, you have to completely change that password that you thought you would use for the rest of your lives. Password one, two, three, all of a sudden <laughs> I'm going to take away the number three. Yeah. 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 And, or, yeah, or, or offer the one you can't remember so that you'll jot it down on a sticky note so it's even less secure. Yes, but I, <laughs> I think um, in the InfoSec community, yeah. trying to, to tell the, um, the end user, right, <laughs> how to be more productive online, I think yeah. the onus too in the InfoSec community is for the companies and corporations to disable the ability for that. That reusing of passwords. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, it, in a way, it goes to alignment of motives. If in the long run, the thing that I'm paying you to do, whether I'm paying you with money or attention, leave that aside, the thing I'm paying you to do, if that's easily breached, eventually I'm, I'm more likely to cancel. So, to some extent, help me do this in a smart way because you've got people whose full time job is security. It makes sense, right? Will I stick around if my email doesn't get breached there? Yeah. Would I dump it? You're, to your point about WordPress, right? I mean, yeah. WordPress, arguably, because it's so popular, because of its architecture, because PHP blows, um, is is like you're just begging to get your website hammered if you use WordPress. And eventually, like I opted out of it for for the company sites that we have to run because the maintenance was such a pain in the ass. Like, nah, no thanks, right? Can't deal with it anymore. I just don't have time for that crap. Yeah, it lost its appeal of being free, right? Now I have to- I was paying- Maybe a company now to host this free stuff because it is just unreliably insecure. Yeah, free as in, free as in beer, free as in, yeah, fill in the blanks, right? Second mixed signal, right? Yes, no, yes, maybe no, yes, no. Yeah, or 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 know what you're picking and why you're picking it. My my old my um, my older son is uh, is teeing up a business. He's a, a musician and music teacher, and he's teeing up a business. So, Dad, what should I build my website on? I said, on balance, WordPress is probably a good choice at this stage of the game because that big ecosystem of plugins and extensions, which you mentioned, um, stuff that you you won't be able to build that you can go boom install and run. However, caveat, you're going to be learning WordPress really thoroughly if you go down that road. Why? Because the sucker doesn't just keep running, right? Patch this, upgrade that. What do you mean I can't get to that table? <laughs> yada, yada, yada. I, I think it'll be a valuable lesson uh, on the side along with the website as an outcome, right? <laughs> For sure. But it had a as Apple has moved the gauntlet, right? For preception data coming. Yes, yes. What do you think about that? I I say let's let's put another pair of glasses on this. Mm-hmm. Sorry. This has been my argument since day one, since Apple announced it. I said I said 
why are you bugging out about Apple protecting its users when you, as an email marketer, you should be, you should already be doing that for all of your people on your list. In fact, why don't you do it now in advance of it? So when Microsoft does it or another company does it, you're already prepared. You're already blind. You're going to put the blinders on. Use something like, instead of, um, use something like a CDN, right? A CDN that will mask where people are coming from. So even, even though you are reporting open in action, whether they prefect or not, you're protecting the end user's IP address or end, end user's user agent. Like, stop doing that. You can do that as an email mark. You can already do that right now. Right, right. No, that's a good point. And I, and actually, I, I agree with you quite strongly. I, I think there's a lot of uh, somewhat self-serving rhetoric about Apple's shift of how they're handling, in this case, image opens and the data returned from those. Like, oh, we won't be able to know X and we were such good actors before. Really? Uh, were all of you actually protecting that, as you said, and really using it, or was it just kind of a convenient crutch that happened to get built in as a historical accident to the predominant standards in email? So you had kind of an easy, free, cheap measure with the, with the open signal on HTTP that you told you something of kind of indicator value. Now, now you're like, it's not as good an indicator. Like, okay. <laughs> And, <laughs> and what are you going to do? Right. Yeah. It, it does put, it, it does put, um, it does put pressure on a measure that I'm not sure is, a, is really any better as a substitute. Um, oh, we'll all, we'll all focus on clicks now. Hmm. About one out of a hundred instead of a hundred. So that's a problem. And I don't think clicks are going to keep being open my browser and send 27 JavaScripts off into uh, the, the world forever. I think, I think we're going to start to look at that because it's such a stupid hole right now. And, and the, the other side is why are we even focusing on the entry point where the breadcrumbs start? We're always, I think we've been hyper-focusing. Yeah. But I say, let's, let's focus on the backwards fold. Let's, let's start at the conversions, then work our way forward from there. Right. Of course, it's it is. Are they are good key indicators, key performance indicators? I, I don't think we need to throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? Mm -hmm. for, for some of the metrics and the coming in, but they them for the grain of salt. the The goal is it open rate. The goal is conversion, right? Whether it be branding, visible eyes on, or actually a purchase, or a submit, or some some other form of act, right? And then breadcrumb it forward from there. <laughs> that's that's true for a lot of businesses, but for for others, the content of the email itself may actually be the thing of value, the exchange, etc. Give me an example. I pay I pay X bucks a month, and I sit down to read Ben Thompson's Stratechery every morning when he sends it. First thing I do is like, "Yay, new Stratechery from Ben." What do I get out of that email? It's what I read in the email. It's not a click. It's not in anything else. Well, he's already converted you. Absolutely. But so right, 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 right. Okay. I'm, I guess so you're using email where I think you and you could argue 
where email came from originally, and mm-hmm. it's from bleak communication. Predict, you know, Reddit now, you know, uh, news groups that were out there, you know, MLMs, which are being was managers, right? Yeah. That's really where email came. Individual email came actually before that, came from groups. And from the group, we communicated within the group, right? And then, um, Someone got the bright idea of, you know what, what would be great is this, this direct, this one-on-one communication part, uh, from the, from that, what you're, the way you're using it is, is actually information gap. So I argue that that, that one isn't a good indication of, you know, the metrics of email. Substack, Substack would probably be on my side here and they're not tiny. Okay. Again, what, what is the, um, what is the conversion point on that? Right. You say your, your, just your argument is I'm already converted. I'm already bought in, but that narrows down what you do with email and the measures and metrics we're, we're, we're batting around to a marketing function only as opposed to a delivery function. And I'm saying the delivery function also has value for some categories of businesses. We oh, tend to talk, we tend ab- to talk ab- about ab- marketing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. You know, Matthew, as the subscriber, yeah. a lot of people go, hey, the postmaster email or the postmaster hotmail is causing me problems because yeah. actually yeah. you have more power, arguably, in your mailbox to determine what comes in and what, what doesn't come. For sure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. For sure. <clears throat> for sure. I mean, you, one of the things that vexes me about email is kind of fascinating. Um, SMT, internet, and email, which is what we're talking about when we say email now. Um, decent person-to-person, point-to-point communication mechanism. Okay, small group. Geometrically shittier as the size of the group goes up. You know, reverse chronology threads. If there's a worse way to arrange text than that, I'm not sure anyone's ever come up with it. It's like just horrendous group communication tool. And, and like Slack, right? You jump in late and go, I'm never going to make sense of this. This is just <laughs> crap. Right? Well, but there's, there's a discipline in that too, though. Yeah. Well, as if I'm a Slack admin and you, and I invite you into my Slack group. Yeah. I expect you to use things like the Tarabian clerk. Yeah. Yeah. When you yeah. don't, when you start a new conversation on the same subject, another threat is coming in. Yeah. You yourself are interacting. And other mail servers are a way we're communicating right then too. Yeah. Um, from threaded notes and as well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's the way it's called digest, actually. I mean, right. It's, right. it's how we're digesting that situation. Yeah. Yeah. No, gotcha. I, I noticed on the Email Geek Slack channel, which you're probably on, um, someone chimed in, I think in the general, general channel, with something this morning and the admin just went on the wrist and said, please use threaded replies. Like, okay, cool. Someone's paying attention, but there's this last time I checked finding a group admin to manage email threads, pretty rare, (laughs) pretty rare. So you end up with these gnarly multi-forward signature 62 times messes that you've got to hang on to because there's a, there's a gold nugget in there somewhere, or there's, or, or there's an, you know, archive that's going to, you're going to need in a legal case later or some, some stuff like that. Yeah. And as messy as it is, it's still this weird 
digital Swiss army knife that we use for marketing and Substack deliveries and one-to-one communication and notes from your mother and all that other stuff. And it just keeps kind of keeps chugging along and finding ways to reinvent itself and stay viable, which is cool. Yeah. Well, I hate to say it. What, what the other choice? What, what, you're, what, you're absolutely right. What is the other choice? Yeah. got to get my bank statement on WhatsApp. Would you, you would in China. Could you? Oh, no, you, it's your only option. That's your only option, right? Well, yeah, 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 that's it. Yeah. Because it's become centralized, right? It, you, yeah. I, yeah, I would is. say, I would argue the death of email can come if it becomes centralized. Yeah, fair point. Yeah. I mean, I ran the thought experiment once, I probably over a beer with somebody, like, what if the USPTO had gotten involved in some useful way in email early, early on, like, you know, we'll provide certification that this is the guy from, you know, from campaigngenius.io when you get the email or something like that. It's like, there would have been some utility to it, but it would have been a freaking disaster in, in the channel trying to do that, that evolution thing, because that they're not going to move fast enough ever. Yeah. And, um, it's sometimes it's like, um, how many instant messaging apps are out there? Right. Right. I mean, like, right. I saw your interview back in and talked about you know, six or seven different ones that is, that is like, what I mean, I'm thinking to myself, whatever happened to aim, it was to message. Yeah, right. yeah. And aim. And what was, what was the other? I had her C as well. I mean, it was. ICQ. That's the, ICQ. that what you yeah, <laughs> for sure. Right. I mean, those, those are your only choice. They were, yeah, they were. And then poof, this explosion. And as I always say, it's messaging platforms, but it's a plural. And when you say email, it's, it's singular, relatively speaking, set of standards. Yeah. Um, and, and there, there's really, it's hard. You're hard pressed to name another digital channel, except the web, which is not a which is not a back and forth. But it actually operates on the similar platform. Yeah. It's, we're following RFCs. If web follows RFCs. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So okay. we're, we actually told ourselves that we're going to follow these RFCs or, or at least these are the suggested RFCs. I don't know any mail, uh, server out there that falls them to hundred percent. Uh, that's absolutely Sure. That, sure. Right? sure. But these are our guidelines. You know? Yeah. And these are what should happen. And then yeah. when we come up with problems, we, we write them and implement them as a community. Yeah. And not one person awards anything on it. I'll give you an example in email specifically, right? So the way keys and DKLIF, right? Well, the way keys now own the patent for, uh, the keys. And of course they gave them in a way free technology wise, but you know, they've always held that off, right? So what did the community do? They migrated over to only signing with the Lincolns. I mean, DKIM now, right? Um, uh, Microsoft came up with a sender ID. It's sort of like the SPF record, the sender ID platform text record that they wanted to uh, enforce. Mm-hmm. And they pushed an RFC for that. And the community just didn't adapt it. They were like, well, well what, what does that have to do with the price of corn in Egypt? It appears, yeah. yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're only going to accept what's 
the community also accepts in there as well. And you have to play fair on the fair rules of, hey, this has, this, the way this works right now is, has to be an open community, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. If you can bring in some proprietary platform that I'm supposed to follow, kind of break that trust relationship. In and it probably won't get, it won't become an RFC. It won't get, you know, validated. It could become an RFC, but everybody could just ignore it. Everybody could just ignore it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I've been trying to start gathering pieces. I'm doing a talk in a couple of months that's way too, way too uh, ambitious. But I've been trying to gather, start gathering some pieces about something that struck me, which is as, as a developer, I, I look at how JavaScript has evolved. And it's like every year there's some substantially new stuff there. And I look at email and go, every decade there's diddly squat new consistency right nothing it hasn't changed much kind of bothersome why are we why are we using rfcs from the 90s right why aren't all these people dead seriously no, when, i'm sure they are when yeah when when uh when the news about mpp first broke uh we were you know i'm, at, I'm surrounded by apple devices right so uh, fire up the developer, this, that, and the other, get the beta installed on, on the iPhone that, you know, iPhone that's sitting there gathering dust. And I end up trolling through the IMAP, uh, uh, the IMAP RFCs, which are from the nineties. Like, yep, that actually matters in the way Apple is, which call are they making to read the message body without flipping the flag to say, like, I'm looking at, I'm looking at RFCs from the nineties that are entirely material in this big change in the email space. Like what's the, what's the last RFC that actually stuck? And I'm, I'm sorry, bless Matthew and his compadres, but Bimmy has got boodly squat for traction, 15% of that. It's a great <laughs> idea, but. Well, when, when you're going to force me to pay a thousand dollars to a little logo, it doesn't, for you and I, it yeah. doesn't become feasible. Why would I bother? Yeah. Why and would I bother? Why would I bother? Yeah. Yeah. In fact, if I change my user and Google puts up a little, um, you know, K, whatever, KK, and, and that's fine. I'm fine with that. What do I, what do, I do my logo for? What, is it worth a thousand dollars? Yeah. Yeah. Not going to do it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, I it's a, it's a modest, it's a really modest, you know, planetary network involved to what? Put a logo the size of a post-it stamp. Next to your name, like, oh, come on. That's hardly, doesn't seem that ambitious, does it? <laughs> I think if the mailbox providers had their fingers in parts of that money, that was good. Yeah. Maybe. That maybe. Influence your delivery. I don't. Yeah. Again, we have to go back to who's in control of the mailbox itself. Yeah. And you and me. Yeah. We're in, in charge. And what? happens online, it's, it's all about trust, right? Where's that trust value? And it's the unwritten word in world two out there, the mailbox providers and postmasters, they have circles of influence as well, mm -hmm. right? And they're looking at trust always. In post community, when uh, someone goes uh, black hat and they want to do good, you know, they got to burning bush, you know, kind of evolutionary, the 
a revolutionary idea that, hey, maybe doing all this bad stuff isn't good to the world, <laughs> and they want to do good. The InfoSec calls that a gray act. You, know, right, you right. can never go to white. You know, once once you leave the white hemisphere, you're never you're never coming back to white. The best you can do is come back to gray. Right. So the Bimmy logo is what is what is the sole purpose of that? I I would argue it's commercial brand impression. Commercial brand. Right. Like this from a business motive? Yeah. Why would any plug you're gonna plug down the thousand bucks because you think your email is gonna be one one zillionth of a cent stickier, percent stickier, or something like that. Brand impression, things like that. And I know it I know it matters, and I'm not totally dissing Bimmy, but I am calling out email for being uh, quite static in terms of technology evolution. Contrast JavaScript, substantial changes and advances as a language that get taken up quite broadly, quite quickly, uh, almost year on year, even now. It's like, wow, that's really something. Probably because there's dollars attached to it. I don't know that relationship between where you're going. I'm trying to follow. How many? Well, it's, it's this. It's, it's this. Um, how, how many browser tabs do you tend to open in the course of a day? Browser. Yeah. Full three, four. Okay. So three, 400 for me, give or take. Um, yeah. I'm running most of the apps that run my business inside. Through a browser? Through a browser. Yeah. Through so the browser itself is the app that you're running from. Right. But the, but the, the functional logic is the JavaScript thing running inside that tab. Sure. sure. So the reason that language keeps evolving like this is because there's a constant, we might, we, if we could make this go faster, do more, do different, we could bring these functions. Oh yeah. We all agree. That'd be better. So that language is just, it's gone from a toy to the main, you know, to the mainstream, probably one of the most widely used in the world. Like it's evolved really quickly, has continued to evolve really quickly, including RFCs, right? Stand open standards. If yeah. you say, I'm going to, I'm going to make a new browser. I tested one the other day, some, some completely different browser platforms like mosaic no 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 i've got mosaic. Netscape navigator yeah i've got those running all the time no uh starts with an a my son told me let your users know what you're using yeah what is that allegro no I'll, I'll come up with a name in a minute here but full es6 full javascript implementation like the apps i run didn't break in that browser so you've got that RFC-based, community-based standard that keeps evolving quickly. You've got email that hasn't changed a whole heck of a lot in a long time. Well, why? Um, well, you're talking about like uh, the cloud and decentralization of computers and the, the, the apps that you're using right now, the, the, the only reason you're able to use those apps right now is because of your bandwidth and the computing power of your PC or sure. laptop, right? Okay. What, do you, what kind of bandwidth do you have? Like a gig? Yeah, 1.2 gigs, I think. Yeah. Well, guess what? 90% of the America doesn't have that bandwidth. Sure. Okay. Sure. The middle of a cornfield, still on dial-up. Yeah, but you look at the fastest growing sectors of yeah. business functions, and they're all browser and cloud-based. Right. 
I, I think we may get there. I think. Yeah. But I think when we get probably maybe 10 gig bandwidth lens and 50%, then we'll have that um, accessibility. And I think that's where, that's where your browser apps and, you know, decentralization wow. or centralization of apps will become more pre prevalent in that. I mean, I see the future, future probably going back to the old mainframe. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, cloud you know, computing. Yeah. People, yeah. I hate this common word stuff that uh, comes out all the time. <laughs> Matthew, if you want, listen, listen, next time you're at a trade show. Ready? This is hilarious. Okay. Go grab yourself a beer or a, or a coffee. Okay. And just go to the closest person next to you and um, ask them what the difference between a hard and a soft bounce email is and find out how many different explanations that you'll come up with by the end of the afternoon. Right. Because the, the way that, you know, people are describing stuff is just they're using, well, uh, I guess more common, common word marketing terms in, into um, this than, than was there. But that, when we didn't have sexualization, uh, or, um, the PC was not existent, right? We were all using, using what, um, uh, token ringing, right? Before Ethernet? Token ringing. And I mean, go back, go back 60s, like first, first actual email systems were on, uh, on timeshare platforms, like one computer pretending to be multiple computers via green screen. Right. Yes. So, I, I mean, I don't know what, um, where that's going with email other than, um, I argue that. Uh, email is not probably going anywhere just because of the fact that you just said the RFCs are what 90 years old. Nobody is going to embrace anything that doesn't change the metrics into the community or standardization. And the only way world would probably collapse on itself is if, uh, you know, like Alphabet, which already owns 70%. Of the emails that list, right? Yeah. And anybody's email is if that gets any large, I think that's kind of a break. Yeah, no problem. Oh, hold on one second. That's awesome. Sorry about that. The my, my, mine's so old that so she doesn't even bark anymore. Um, yeah. So you're saying if, uh, you know, if alphabet group Gmail, uh, owns any more inboxes, you might see them actually starting to sort of push standardization or, or push new standards. I have to say on that math, I've been surprised and narrowly speaking, pleasantly surprised that amp has gone nowhere and for email don't tell them that seriously spark post the other day 0.4 percent of our customers are sending out amp enabled emails <laughs> okay i guess you'd call that not it's like so despite that sort of quasi not monopoly but duopoly position on the inbox google 
with not the hugest effort I've ever seen out of Google. Google said, boom, new, better, more interactive uh, aspect to email. And they really have not gotten market traction. They really haven't. I, I don't know. Google doesn't like use us because we're the best. They don't really market their stuff to be, I, I don't, I don't know, better than the competition or the, the latest, greatest thing to use. I mean, why Google plus, uh, the Google voice, Google messaging, Google calendar. I mean, all those things are like, yeah, if you can do it, we can do it too, but we, we really don't care, you know, that you use it or not. Right. And, and they're, and they're literally taking a pulse on us, on you. They're saying, well, is, uh, Matthew using it? No. Nope. Is Keith using it? No. Nope. End of life. Really? Try, let's try something else that's out there. Hmm. And the problem with, um, I think with the app is, uh, it's a little bloaty. I would say. Again, email in itself, uh, Matthew, where a lot of people don't take into consideration is the message size that people are sending out or that, or the third party, uh, people that they're connecting with or where this traffic is going or is this images that get calls down. And I, I would say, uh, Walmart is probably one, if you've ever subscribed to their emails, their message size is a quarter or a half a meg without the images. Wow. Why? I have no idea why. Wow. That's sloppy. Yeah. <laughs> like if you did, if you're delivering a million messages out, in a, you know, or 150 million out, yeah. you're subscriber base a day. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It, the ecosystem doesn't really, oh, it's not really friendly. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I'm going to guess super big fat image intensive and really, really, really blocky looking too. But I mean, that fits the brand, but uh, on a guess, I'm going to guess what the, it's what their messages look like. Um, <laughs> interesting. I, by contrast, long-term Amazon user, I get a ton of Amazon email and I know they do all of that MTA on up in-house because they're so big they can and should. Um, they're, they're, they're pretty good. They're pretty good at email. Got to say. Their mail servers? No, just like the, the aesthetics, the things they use email for, how they evolve that case in point used to be order, fill in the blanks on Amazon. You'd get an email with your order for fill in the blanks is on the way and it's going to ship. Now you get the order you placed order number X is on the way and it'll be shipped, but it doesn't say what it is because they realized not all of their users wanted their inbox to say, you just ordered a blow up. What? Like, so they dropped the product picture and product name out of their email, out of their confirmation email. Oh, like, gotcha. Interesting. Yeah. Paying attention, evolving. Nice. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. For sure. So they're, 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 they're in their design sense in their emails, very Amazon, but, but it's, it's good. Like lean, you can see what matters and focus on what matters, like process it quickly and stuff like that. Like they make an effective use of that channel. And I don't see, I don't see any incentive for Amazon to monkey with email standards. It does the job they need it to do just fine, which is probably a fair description of email writ large, right? Does the jobs you need it to do just fine. Thank you very much. 
Yeah. 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 yeah just get me there. We put a man in the moon, right? Yeah. Um, well, arguably. Yes. It, the capsule landed in the water, didn't land anywhere. They opened it up. They came out. They were alive. Right. Just, <laughs> just send me an email. Just give me that. Okay. You, you can do it. Just get me. Yeah. Just get me there. Just get me there. So when, when people get lit up about the notion of interactive email, amps, non-success aside, I think, eh, I don't think we'll get there. I really don't think we'll get there. I don't know if I liked a lot of it when I saw it. It looked yeah. very, you know, promising. Right. But I, the adaptability of it too, just didn't get embraced. And, and maybe they may will be that way too. I'm not sure what that train looks like right now. I won't, maybe as a consumer, right? I'm looking at the Bimmy logos. Now I'm training myself. When I see a company spend a thousand dollars, I know it's a marketing company and just hit delete. <laughs> <laughs> maybe the Bimmy may be a curse to actually have. Yeah. Because I really, I really want to see an email from Matthew and my mom and my, um, you know, kids, right? Yeah. Yeah. I want to see when I see the low up. Ooh. Do I, do we, do, yeah. The, do we actually really want marketing emails or is this just email marketers telling themselves we really want them? And for most, most mailbox providers, you can pay for that. You can pay for that, that spot up there. You know, what bill? Yeah. You can actually, you don't even have to send an email. Yeah. It just call pay on well, just pay for it. Gladly put your ad right there in front. Just pay for it. Well, it sounds like, sounds like you and I are somewhat on the same page in terms of the durability of the channel and the likely not dramatic evolution of the channel. Is that fair? It's a pretty fair. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to keep chug little engine that could, little digital engine that could keep chugging along, but it's not going to turn into DeLorean or anything like that, right? Just going to work the way it works for a long time. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, it's, it's, I, it's not the best, you know, form of communication by far, right? There's much more efficient ways, there's uh, cheaper ways, there's easier ways. Well, I mean, there's things attached yeah. to your whole now more than back in, more people have uh, computers in their phones than they have laptops now. Oh, yeah, yeah, by, by a huge fortune, yeah. By a huge part, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. So even the ecosystem of physical devices exchange emails just as, just trudged along. It, it, it has. I, I think there's a, I think there's an element of, um, commons or common carrier to email. And this is back to the topic you brought up earlier about RFCs and community-based and open standards. Like there's an element of everyone can use that channel because that's not true of messaging, messaging, right. messaging platforms, plural. It's not true. Um, there's no monopolist parked to the front end of email. There's somewhat a monopolist parked at the back end of email, but you don't actually have to ask their permission. I don't have to ask Google, mother, may I, to send my friend with the Gmail address an email or to send my customer with a Gmail address an email. Like they haven't, they, Google Alphabet hasn't actually put up any direct pay us first. I would argue that the pro, what's, what's it called? Promotions tab, promotions tab. There's, there's, there's a cost and a drag factor for marketers from that mechanism. You end up paying deliverability guys to try to get out of that tab 
right? But it's not a direct gatekeeper function. No, no, no. And if you're not, if you're, if you're getting in the promotion dev and you're not using annotations, shame on you. Shame on you. <laughs> Brian, Brian Sisolak would agree with you. Yes, shame on you. And second thing, be glad you're in the promotional tab because there are far worse places to put you. Fair point. Fair point. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, Perk so Let's break down the email, the whole email thing, right? We should have done this. I'm going to stand the ship. Ready? Okay, go. Look, people don't need people like you and I. They don't need us. They don't need anything delivery, email, delivery, personality, right? Because 95 of your 99 problems at email delivery is your data. It's clearly your data. Look, I had a, uh, a friend to go to, um, where did he move to? Uh, it's track, uh, anyway, what are they? E-commerce for Rejecto. Yeah. And I said to him, hey, look, you came from a large ESP, just moved over here. I'm excited to hear how you like it. They just opened up a new office. Uh, they're growing very well. They're full of the e-commerce side. It's one of these one-off sales stuff. Emails coming around. It's like, oh my God, it's night and day. And I'm like, what are you talking about? It's like, it's like, oh, it's like 80% open rate, 90% open rate. I'm like, well, really? Well, yeah, it's amazing. When, when people actually spend their hard-earned money on product, they actually want to see a tracking number come back from your company. I'm like, oh, really? They actually want to see another email. They like our brand because they've actually bought money from us. And I asked them the challenging questions of Zoka so what are you doing since you're the deliverability consultant there, Ecom, Clavio, Mistrack Company, what what are the phone calls you're getting today? Oh, well, I get I get calls from the ecom customer well, wondering why that 300 emails that he sent out, one of them bounced. And the person at Hotmail's Hotmail said the mailbox was full, right? And it's how can he, how he needs to send an email to the mailboxes full function. And if he could talk to the postmaster and hotmail to figure out how we will get just a little bit of more storage. There. Yeah. 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 <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, the, the surprising thing is when you email people that will want your email, you get a much better, uh, approach. You're, 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 you're going to by far, you're going to be, uh, you will not have people emailing you get off my list, stop right. emailing me, right. complaining about my, my unsubscribes not working. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You'll get, um, you get a much better response. I think you'll make more money sending 300 emails into the inbox than you will 3 billion into the junk folder. Okay. Like <laughs> get a dog, maybe clue. We'll have one soon enough. And if you're in the B2B world, like, Where's most of your business coming from? B, in the B2B world? It's B2B. I, I, I'm in the B2B world, right? Not from email. <laughs> I mean, not, in the, not I, from Facebook, from Instagram, uh, from TikTok. LinkedIn. I'm going to argue something somewhere else. You ready? Hmm. Word of mouth. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's a rule. So. If you're in the B2B world, stop worrying about your email program. Yeah. 
Go get everyone you know, call your mom, call your dad, call your grandma, tell them you're in this world. Get your salespeople to call up, get your accounting people to call up, get the receiving guy to call up, go to the golf course and start talking about what you're doing. You're gonna gonna spend far more better resources into where the, where the, the sales are coming from. Right, yeah, no, that's true. And as we, uh, as we start reemerging from uh, the couple years of uh, enforced cocoon, and we can go to conferences and things like that, and meet people and talk to customers and so on, I, that'll probably only accelerate. Yeah, you know, I don't want a customer that I I picked up from an email. Right. I don't. I, don't, I don't want anyone remotely close to that. Right. Go ahead. Go. Sky aside. You should be knocking on my door. I don't want to knock on your door at all. In fact, I hope you never knock on my door. So, it's, uh, it's, uh, oh, who's the, who's the Austrian, um, Austrian business theorist, uh, invented the term management. Can't believe I'm blanking on his name. I've got like four of his books just on the other side of that wall. The purpose of marketing is make, is to make your product so good that your customers want it. Words to that effect. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, where, where, where for your business? You talked about business to business. Where do you see, uh, where do you see yourself taking Inter Seven over the next couple of years? Uh, I, um, I'm doing a lot of consulting right now. Mm-hmm. Right, tip of the uh, tip of the knife, edge of the sword. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to explore a lot of different uh, projects. I've, I've worked on so many different ones out there. I just find interest on new ideas, the, the go daddies, also the other 99 other pipe dreams that are out there. What, what can be done, right? Um, and I just love exploring new, new projects and new ideas that people have. It's, it's just, for me, it's, I love seeing, um, I'm like a problem solver. Uh, I love puzzles. I love to play chess and I love to lose. I like to lose a lot because that means I learn. <laughs> well put. Well put. Yeah. Yeah. Are you, you are an avid chess player? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. At, uh, I, I've got a friend who's he's a national master. He runs a very successful series of chess academies. And I always have this. I always have this sensation that he's about five sentences ahead of me in our conversations. Like he knew we were going to get there. I'm like, Elliot, God dang it. Stop playing chess with everybody. <laughs> Story thinks after that much chess, I guess. Um, well, that's cool. And, 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 and a consultant that learns is the best kind. Yeah. I like to, and to be honest with you, I put myself out there where, you know, if the opportunity was right. Yeah, I've actually put myself out there and said, you know what? Look, I'm making enough money right now. To be honest with you, I don't need to take this on. But the project that you're working on right now it is so looks so interesting right. that yeah, I think I can give it. At the other side of that is, guess what? If I don't charge anything, they can't hit me up for a deadline either. <laughs> so that's a fair point. <laughs> that's a fair point. Yeah, because you do have to deal with a with the the pain factor of uh, of of clients, and the larger they are, and the more people are involved, the more of a pain they turn into, right? Well, correct, correct. A lot of them are battleships; they're aircraft carriers. Yeah. And what they really need are jet skis that go out. 
test the water. What's the pup's name? Did. Yeah, Viv. What's that? What's the pup's name? The dog? Oh, uh, Leah. Woof. Leah's been the most verbal tourist. Leah can jump. She can do tricks. Ready? Yeah. <laughs> who loves? Who loves? I was going to say, somebody loves you. <laughs> That's great. That's all. Awesome. Have any animals, Matthew? I do. Well, we're down to one after a menagerie, and about a, my 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 dog is almost sixteen and hanging in there, which is something. Like, so she's at the yeah. I'm gonna sleep. See you later. I'm asleep. Might take me a while to get up off the floor, but I'm cool. Thanks for everybody. So hang it in there. Um, yeah, we'll miss her. We'll miss her when, when that changes, but it was a good run. Yeah. We had a whole menagerie when our, when the kids were younger. It was great. Yeah. Love yeah. Love it. You had a cat too, right? Three cats. Three. Hey, there you cats, go. one dog, four kids, six ex-wives. Speaking of menageries. <laughs> No, no, no. Well, let's hit, I'll hit end on record because this was a fun conversation. And if someone wants to get in the technical guts of email, they should listen to this conversation. That's what uh, I say. <laughs> so if someone wants to get in touch with Keith Kosmanoff, where do they go to find you? Just email? Well, they can email, like, hit me up on Twitter. Like, yep. You like LinkedIn, don't you? Uh, if I could be said to like a, any social network, uh, LinkedIn is about the only one that qualifies. Most of them just bug me, bug me to death. And I, what do you think LinkedIn has above everybody else? Um, if you get too, you know, too yappy there, people will still actually delist, delist you or, or find a way to ignore you. And the, the. The hand of the, uh, the hand of the administrator doesn't feel as heavy on LinkedIn. I mean, it probably is, but I do seem to see and hear from the people that I'm connected with most of the time and not who the heck is this and why am I, why is it on the screen in front of me? Cause LinkedIn's manipulating like the flow that heavy handedly. So it, 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 it still manages to be business-like, which I think is its purpose. So for that reason, I like it for business. Well, uh, on the email side, we didn't like LinkedIn so much. Yeah, because well, because LinkedIn stole your or <clears throat> took your address book. Right, right. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. And started contacting everyone in your address book that you had jointly did. <laughs> it's not so friendly way of yeah. getting people to subscribe. So they spammed yeah. a bunch of unsuspecting people in there. Yeah, what happened, Matthew? It's like we became tower indebted, or is it because we used it enough that it it we were okay with it spamming our address book for us? But we were we we didn't want to hit the send button ourselves. Oh God forbid! Oh God! <laughs> but you do it. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. You're yeah. doing it for me. Hey, but I'm being quite a fool. Hey, no, 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 put no file, right? My LinkedIn IDs. They they do the sequential energies and my LinkedIn ID is is like two hundred and eighty thousand. Like I've been on there a long time, a long time. What's the bell notification do? The what? 
the bell notification. Oh yeah, you I saw that I saw that in your comment. I, I, I think if I have the thing up and live when you do the bell, I actually do get an audible. I think that's what it does. I've not used it. I no 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 the bell notification is so if I look in your profile, right? Mm -hmm. And I wanna see stuff from you. Oh okay. you post. Okay. I put that bell to get notified. To get that makes sense. That makes sense. That's it. Sounds sounds annoying. I haven't I have not turned a bell on for anybody. <laughs> well, I mean, you you got to fight to keep your attention window to to do to actually do things yourself. It's a tough battle now in between the inbox and LinkedIn and Twitter and so on. It's like, man, so it's no wonder a lot of people don't get a whole lot done in the course of the day. That, is that where you find yourself? Just. Oh, I just, I block it. It's like, nah, it's morning. Most of that crap is turned off because I got stuff to get done. Right. Yeah. 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 You've been, been disciplined enough to take that away. LinkedIn, Facebook, those are all voluntary, right? You don't actually have to have them open, right? Even your inbox, you don't actually have to have it running all the time, right? You listen to this, uh, Matthew, if I owned a company, I would force my employees to use a Linux distribution desktop. It would take them a week or two to learn it, right? But I guarantee you they'd be more productive. Because? Out of the Windows and Microsoft environment of all the social noise that you see in there. Mm, okay. Absolutely. 100%. The browser still works the same as the browser in yours, but you have so many apps, no, uh, noise for you. You Your browser itself has, what, hundreds of tabs open. Yeah. Not to mention any apps that you have making noise for you as well. Nice. In fact, since I put you on the Linux distribution, that browser you now use, you can't use half the apps anymore because mm. it's not supported. <laughs> hmm. That's an inter that's an interesting choice. I I'd say something slightly different. Um, asking the people in your company to turn the to turn the the monitor off for half an hour a day would be a damned interesting experiment. To turn the monitor off? Yeah. Yeah. Well, what do I do? Think. Now I've heard this term in legends. See if you can find out if this is true or not, Matt. Ready? Yeah. Uh, I think a lighting company had an experiment on and they wanted to run some uh, stuff in their warehouse, right? Yeah. yeah. Have you heard this before? Yeah, they, they, they turned the lights up, productivity went up. They turned the lights down, productivity went up. Yeah, yeah. It was the fact of change, not the change itself. No, 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 no. it was the cameras. Interesting brought cameras in they were giving breaks, higher breaks, lower breaks, yeah. productivity is up. After the whole year, they said, ah, oh, we have no idea. Productivity is just up. They took the cameras out, productivity went down. Huh. Never heard that one. Yeah. If that's, if that's your definite, if your definition of productivity is positively affected by surveillance, we have a different definition. <laughs> I said, I said you could use this for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, if it's true, yeah, you could live stream yourself working at. Oh yeah, okay, all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we I had the, we're we're remote, like we're distributed and virtual company. We had it. So should we ever leave the camera up all the time? I said no. 
freaking weight. <laughs> like, just put it above our heads. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. You know what's what's his what are his fingers do? It's like because the yeah yeah that's a that's a that's a conundrum. That is a. How about how about for ten minutes every hour every hour, just to, or how about for thirty seconds, a predictability time. Yeah, right, and just did right t- 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 one snapshot, and then yeah. I don't know that it would make me more productive, but your your the thesis you've got from the from the factories it might. Huh? I I don't know. I I also believe listen to this ready that the Russians uh, were uh, or the Americans wanted to write upside down in space, and uh, the Americans saw. I know that's a myth, but I still believe it's true. <laughs> but uh, the the zillion dollars spent on the on yeah yeah and yeah, percent, and yeah. The re- yeah Russians just used a pencil. Yeah, I know it's an urban legend, but I still think it's true. It's not it's a good, decent, decent urban legend. Yeah, we're we're done with we're done handing out compliments to Russia for a while in this particular moment in history. Oh, but yeah, right? yeah. yeah, yeah, messy, messy. Well, let's wrap it up, my friend. That was really wonderful to talk with you. My guest, for those of you listening, has been Keith Kosmanov at InterSeven.com. Thank you, Keith. Thank you.